0: Hi, welcome back. It's Michael Patton with the Just Jokin Podcast. I'm the new host. We have to explain that. So I have my first guest will explain it better, but more importantly, he lost in a poker game. He's a shitty poker player, so now I own the podcast. And As a show of respect, I have on the show the old host. Welcome to the show, Isaiah Blue. How are you doing? All right. <laughs> I knew you'd feel this way.
1: Come on, man. I had trips. You knew that. Yeah. You knew that. So why would you do this? Uh man, you convinced me that um <laughs> gambling was an easier thing said than done and um I went there with you. And uh you know that stakes weren't very high at first. We were just messing around. <laughs>
0: oh, you're so easy, Mark. You're so easy. So you got to be careful, man. People are going to take advantage of you.
1: Yeah, so. I do. I I thought I, I really thought I had you with that hand, but and you 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 threw down a, a few hard wagers and i thought the only thing i have is this podcast and uh here we are guys hey i'll treat you with respect everybody i really
0: like it as well so it's gonna be fun every week we're having a wonderful show here and stuff okay isaiah forget the
1: poker game <laughs> what are you gonna do now what else um uh, dude i don't know man i've been crying a little bit <laughs> um i really love this podcast um i'm I'm <sighs> I just want to see my dad again. Is that th- something that could happen? Oh,
0: come on! He misses you too, probably, but he's happy to have me here, man. <laughs> so, I really am. So thanks, Dad. So I appreciate that. So, hey, I'm also impressed. Uh, you've been—I've known you for a while. You've been stepping up your dressing game. So you dress for success, dress to impress. What's the deal, man? What are you doing?
1: Uh, I found these suits actually. I didn't buy them. I don't. I can't afford suits, but I, I found them. There was this. Um, I was at a McDonald's and I saw this hearse was parked over there. And uh, I went into the hearse, and this guy, just, he had these suits. I don't know if they were new or used or not, but I just—I didn't think he needed them anymore, so I snagged me a couple. And Do you check them for bullet holes? <laughs> <laughs> few, Make sure you look at them before you buy them. A few of them looked like evidence that I, had, I left behind. I didn't need that in my house. Well, no, actually, my uncle, he retired, and uh, he gave me these just because I'm probably the only guy in the family that could fit them. Hey, go get more clothes all the time.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I love thrift stores. Mm-hmm. I, I'm what they call certified pre-owned. So everything <laughs> about me is that way. Pre-owned. So, yeah, I like it. I mean, it's, I stop at Salvation Armani. So it's fashion and <laughs> a good cause. So, <laughs> yeah, no, but you really should dress up your game. It, I have a lot of, um, as an old person, love I think advice no one wants to hear. But my advice for a lot of people is you got to stand out and you got to look good. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I used to dress up, me and my friends, we'd go out and we'd get so much more attention because we were the only guys dressed up in the bar, the only people there. So it, it's it's fun. It's fun. So I'm happy to see this, man. Happy yeah. to see it. Keep it going.
1: Thank you. It is fun. I actually noticed um, a lot. It's, it's weird being in the guest seat, dude. This is awkward. <laughs> I gotta, like, get used to it. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully you have me as a re- reoccurring guest, just for the fans that are already, you know, watching the podcast. But
0: yeah, I'm gonna buy another microphone. There's room on that couch. There'd be a three show. Yeah, can it'll do be this. a three man <laughs> show. Um, yeah, since I've been wearing this suit, a lot, a lot of good's happened to
1: yeah, me. Honestly, good for you.
0: Tell a me lot. what's happened good. How about this last week? What What do you did this week? That's so good.
1: Um, first thing that happened is I got fired from Amazon.
0: Okay, that's excellent. Yeah,
1: so Wednesday morning, I woke up, and uh, they put me on call, and they called me and fired me. Uh, I was like, that sucks. I always want to go there. They have Mm -hmm. women who work there. Are these Amazon women? Mm -hmm. I've always had the idea of seven, eight-foot women be so (laughs) cool to work with. (laughs) So... There's a lot of wild animals. You got to wear a lot of bug spray because it's a dangerous job, man, living uh, I, in, out in the uh, the forest. Everything wants to kill you in the forest. Yeah, everything, dude. Um, <laughs> and all those protesters with the deforestation, they're living out there. Oh, yeah, I get that. So. But some of them are hot. <laughs> dude, you were there at one it. of the, the, <laughs> the rallies, man.
0: I yeah, saw I know, you. I know. I'm always working the crowd. <laughs> so.
1: <laughs> well, so Amazon fires me. I, I get up. I make breakfast, shave my face, put on a suit, and then... I go to the my apartment people, and I go, hey, guys, tell them what happened. And I, I was like, my buddy's moving into this apartment complex in July. Could we upgrade to a two-bed, two-bath? And they were like, well, you haven't been here 90 days, but you know what? We love you, no problem. So all of a sudden, I, my rent went down 400 bucks. so that okay. was a plus. Very plus. A very plus, man. And, and got it,
0: someone to hang with late at night. Mm-hmm,
1: so mm-hmm. cool, very nice. Someone to bounce my ideas off of. And then I went to the loony bin that day. And they put me up, man, as a host. I was looking like you up there. Uh-huh. I was. Nice.
0: Hey, the Lily is the best place to be. And in mm-hmm. Tulsa right now, there's a lot of good comedy scene. But the oh, Lily yeah. Bend's regular people, not just us. Yeah. Not just comics and, you know, so it's a really good place to go. Well, congratulations, man. That's a big Thank step you. up. Of a lot of the comics out there, that's a big, I mean, I'd say less than 30% of local comics can say they've done that job. So that shows a lot of respect, shows a lot yeah. of relationships.
1: Good for you. That was my one goal this year for comedy because... Getting into it, I actually want to ask you before I uh, I'll say this real quick then I'll ask you. When I got into comedy, I had no um, I had no expectations, yeah, because I was just doing it for fun. Had no idea what it was gonna what was gonna Man. come out of it. And then you know, four or five months in, Angela books me. Amazing! got to do the go laugh, the martinis, and you put me on fresh faces. Thank you so much for that, by yeah, the way. Fun
0: show, got this Saturday night as well. Yeah, good, running so. it
1: back, dude. Yeah, we do it about every three months.
0: That's I really mm-hmm. love that show because I get to help a lot of comics for the first time. That's the first $20 they ever got. That's yeah. the first poster. they All these kind of things. So my role in the comedy scene is more of helping the scene. I'm more of a patron of the arts to make things work. And so people awesome. somehow, well, somehow the clubs respect me and not the young people. So they pay me, I can pay the comics. It's yeah. just a weird I, I get all these things i don't deserve in life I, i'm pale male and stale and for some <laughs> reason that seems to work in oklahoma like, oh yeah we respect that guy and he's dressed
1: up he's always dressed up pale male and stale until you get into like amazon and then pale male and stale is not the None way
0: those things you weren't, <laughs> no those aren't those yeah. aren't the moves well, it's a privilege i well respect it's a blessing and a curse yeah too. so
1: um but yeah, so I had no expectations, and all of a sudden, you know, I'm, I'm doing a gig. And by the way, that poster and that twenty bucks, I have it hanging on my wall. Oh,
0: okay. I can't lie. There's been,
1: been a few times I've looked at that twenty bucks, like, oh, use that
0: <laughs> it's right just now. a twenty, man. So
1: uh, change can... it out for two tens, and you won't feel as bad. Only half as guilty when you take ten anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just so. starts dwindling down. Eventually, it's just a quarter with a magnet, just holding up. Yeah. My first quarter.
0: Yeah, take some ones. Then if you really need it for strippers, it's <laughs> worth it. It's, you don't have cryptocurrency, I have striptocurrency right here
1: <laughs> So on my wall. Yeah, I could imagine the attention you'd gain walking into a strip club with a suit on, dude. Oh, you got to be careful. Mm-hmm. I mean, hey,
0: stand-up comedy and pole dancers have a lot in common. Oh. We have a smaller pole. That's the only difference. <laughs> yeah. The microphone stands. So. Yeah. But it's you. It's raw. It's you in the crowd. Um, and the thing about a good stripper is she has your attention. Mm-hmm. And a good comic the same way. You do not think about conversation with your friends. You listen to every word. So it's you, and it's very raw. I mean, it's easy to be a musician. I see you got guitars here and stuff. You guys play it all. It's easy to do that, but it takes thousands of hours to be good at. Yes. But then you play covers. You can never do that in comedy. No. And uh, so there's a lot. It's a pure
1: art form, so nothing wrong with it. Yeah, Comedy is the best thing. I honestly... I'm only like eight months in, seven months in, and um, I can't imagine life without comedy anymore. There's oh, just no fun. way. I fun. honestly couldn't go back. It would be like a, so a part of me have died. I get really obsessed with things, you yeah. know. Yeah, like sure. find something you like, and you get real passionate about it. It happened with me and YouTube about two years ago, and um, I got my channel like 250 subscribers. And I posted a video. I don't think I've told you this before. I went to Miami, had a genius idea. I was like, all right, I'm going to do a vlog, me at a Kanye concert. This was before all the Kanye yeah. m- m- misconduct. <laughs> Back when he was just
0: Kanye. Back when he not was just Kanye. Not weird Kanye. Kanye. Yeah. Kind of weird Kanye, but not really weird.
1: Yeah, still weird, but not the super, yeah. super weird. Yeah. And then I was like, would it would be cool if uh, I was with this girl. And I was like, you know what would be crazy? If we went to a nude beach and we made a YouTube video. and we did, <laughs> I'm seeing your face right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, we did uh, yoga with strangers. Nude beach yoga with strangers, and we did that. And I made the video, but I didn't edit it well enough. So I only had iMovie because I was working off my little laptop. Yeah,
0: yeah. And so
1: I had one. You can only put one. You can only put one picture in at once. So I had one sensor bar in. But if somebody would walk in the water or like in the background, they would still be naked. So it was a poor job by me posting the video. But it got so many hits. It had like (laughs) seven thousand views in three days. I was like, this is my big break. And then YouTube deleted my whole channel. Yeah, they just took me down, dude. They well, came after me. L- hard lesson to learn, but yeah, good lesson to learn. Definitely a hard lesson to learn. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah, I've never done yoga. I've done Yogi. He was a cartoon character, so he was, <laughs> yeah, he was smarter than the average bear. So <laughs> I'm yogi. yogi. I'm a big bear. fan of Yogi. Um, well. It's nice that you have hustling ideas. So creativity is the most important thing, I'd say, in in almost everything, in sales and in comedy. Mm -hmm. um, You can't be the same. So the
1: idea you push ideas and go forward there is pretty good. I like it. I like it, guys. I think um, this podcast is taking a step up. This host is a lot better than uh, <laughs> than I was. He's got. He's it's because questions. you still care. I don't. You know? <laughs> That's the difference in life. So I'm old.
0: I'm about to turn 65 in a couple of months, and I don't really give a damn. It's a great place to be. No one cares about your past. I don't have a future. I live in the moment. It's so much more fun than all you guys' lives. I hate. I know why you hate me. There's a lot of reasons. You know, I did fuck your mom. I get all these reasons why you're mad at me. My generation, but it's. More importantly, it's not that, it's that
1: I have uh, a good place to be right now, and I hope you all get there, too, someday. Yeah, that's awesome. looks like it. Could you tell me about um, where you got the name Recycle Michael from?
0: Yeah, so I was in charge of recycling. Um, I have a weird non-comedy story. On the first Earth Day, when I was 11 years old, I organized a litter cleanup at McClure Park, (laughs) right not so far from here. And um, I got my name in the paper, because at the end of the day, I mean, a park to me was a like a Garden of Eden, and other people thought it was a trash can. And I got quoted in the paper saying, if you litter, you're not my friend. So I was a real asshole kid probably, you know, but I also meant it. And so I just kind of became the guy. So I lobbied the council, the mayor, the governors, and I just – I did it. I I founded um, all the recycling programs. I I went around the country doing – I built recycling businesses all over this part of the country. I ran a nonprofit that did that. How I got the name was, however, was right at the very first I was given a speech – at a school and a little second grade girl said, Did my your mommy name you Michael to rhyme with recycle? And I got made in the paper and people started calling me that. So wow. I became that guy. But it was more. I mean I was I'm a tree hugger. And I've had a good life. And that's why I'm happy to pass it on. Most people in my generation, they're like, oh, we're still there. We're still valuable and stuff. No, it's time for me to cheer you on. You guys mm-hmm. share the honor of all the hard work mm-hmm. and, and glory that it takes to do these things. But I did. I was president of trees for years. I ran the hazardous waste. I have a lifetime achievement chief of becoming beautiful. Wow. I, I wrote and produced TV commercials for air quality, ozone alert forever. You can see me on YouTube. I have all these funny commercials I wrote for years. So I got to do all this stuff. And I got to sell ideas That's what comedy is, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're not selling widgets. You're not selling things. You're selling ideas. And can you do it and make the crowd believe in your ideas? So if you're a great salesman, you can be a great comedian. And, and comedy can be a lot of ways. You can do a lot of different things. You can sell yourself or put down yourself mm-hmm. in different ways. But it all comes down to do you have ideas, what makes you creative, and how do you express them? And I'm a damn good salesman. You should be very afraid of me. Uh So you should build a wall. Trump would build a wall between us, probably, because people should be afraid of me. Every governor, every mayor, I've had influence on because I just I'm crazy and purist, and I had a chance, and people know who I am. Well, you were lobbying at eleven. Yeah, yeah. I I, uh, I mean, I wouldn't have registered lobbyists at eleven. And but I always was. I uh, my my same year I got my first paid job, and I worked at twelve.
1: when this happened. It was actually I
0: was still eleven barely. Okay, um, yeah. it was wow. the T U football games. And I sat on the corner or stood right on the corner at the north, um sorry, the south east corner of the stadium and sold programs. Um, I, I learned to yell uh, lucky number programs and, uh, and 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 probably it was um, lucky number programs meant you had their little stamp with a little lucky number on there. Oh, if you yeah. bought one, you had a chance to win. Yeah, I had no idea. I was involved in a gambling syndicate yep, from were, the very beginning. I was involved in gambling at age
1: 11, so, which I still like. Look what it's done for you. You have a podcast now. <laughs> uh, that's why everybody should be afraid of Michael, because he will come in and he will mob strength his way to the top. Hey, this is. I will trade you for this. I'll trade you backs for something. What do you got? What size
0: shoes you wear? Oh no, dude! <laughs> you walk well, home. <laughs> I don't
1: like. I was asking me this, dude. Last time you asked me this, I lost a podcast. <laughs> so
0: you got something of value. We could make a trade here. It's a it's a good day to trade. So you'll find something. I oh, hope oh, man. Walk home barefoot because I like these shoes. I like it. I'll think about that one. I have to talk to my lawyer first. I'll think about that one. So, um, comedy coming up. How many open mics you been doing lately? I see you with almost all of them. So, mm-hmm.
1: what's your favorite ones? Um, my favorite open mic is the Looney Bin. Yep. I am Good. a Looney Bin advocate. I love that place. Like It's like my pride and joy. I actually, it's the only full-time comedy club in Tulsa right now. Yes, it is. Um uh, what's happening with the Tulsa Comedy Club? They're getting a mic going, aren't they?
0: Um, there's a, every once in a while they do a mic. So okay. um, this Saturday night Roscoe's hosting one, or tonight Roscoe's hosting one. Oh, yeah. So they just do it every once in a while. The comedy Tulsa Comedy Club has a great name and almost no comedy. So I know, right? That's they're well, they're they're a, they're a wonderful Hispanic dance club. They're good yeah. people, and they have this old theater with extra theater rooms. So maybe, okay, we'll make one of them comedy. But they're not making much money on comedy.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so why do them very often? And they have the name though. They were smart. Yeah, so. they do. They have the name. That's a big deal. But yeah, the Looney Bin, that's my spot. Um, I f- I just, f- I love that place. I like what you were saying. I like that it's people that are paying to watch comedy, Right. which at the end of the day, when you are getting booked on shows, that's who you're performing in front of is right. people who are paying to watch comedy, and they're fully engaged. They're there right. looking directly at you.
0: Most open mics, that being critical, and I've been all over the country yep. for open mics, are all the same. The comics are the same. I can look at you in Orlando or Austin or L.A. where I've been or Vegas, and I can look at your outfit and think, oh, they're going to do weed jokes or they're going to do pussy jokes. They're all the same. It's yeah. hard to stand out in comedy and stuff. But most open mics turn out to be just shitty frat parties You and hang out with your friends at the same time every week, and mm-hmm. you all take turns telling jokes to each other, and there's no one else there. And that's fun. But that doesn't make you a better comedian. Yeah. Making your friends laugh doesn't and the loony bin, yeah, they have no idea who you are. You gotta enter from from joke one. If how you take the stage matters, everything about it. So it is the best training. If if the work if open mics are the gym. You want to work out everywhere. Yep, but the best so place to work out is the Looney bin right now in town. And I hope Bricktown's coming. So Bricktown's coming at the end of July. Yeah. Um, so Bricktown Comedy, they, they're an excellent organization. Um, they have play- theaters in Spokane, Tacoma, Oklahoma City, different places. And uh, for their open mic, you sign up a month in advance. And you tell okay. them your available dates. And your available dates, and they'll pick like 18 each week. And they'll do a show of that, only that show. So they do a really good show. And and in Oklahoma City, they do Tuesdays and Wednesdays. So they may change the whole comedy scene in in two months from Tulsa. Everything may change. And more importantly, they're bringing in big acts. The very first act is Dave Attell, who's one of my favorites. And I got tickets for opening night, uh, opening (coughs) show. Um, So right now, if you look at comedy and baseball, the only major leagues are New York, LA, Chicago, and Vegas. That's the only major leagues. Everything else is below that, mm-hmm. and below that is a whole bunch of cities at AAA, and we're at Single A. And when Bricktown opens, we're going to be at Double A. This is going to raise our stature, and we're going to bring in big to so, Tulsa, Oklahoma, and Love yeah. That. So we want—we all, we all want to do their stages
1: too, for sure. So, um, so what's yeah. your op- your favorite open mic? Is it Looney Bin as well or something?
0: Um, Looney is the one that is the best
1: to work out at.
0: So mm-hmm. I don't know; they're all kind of fun to a point. Um, for sure. You know, I like the cellar I,
1: dweller. I'm a big fan of the cellar dweller.
0: Yeah, so right now I book comedy shows. I'm not booking yes. very much this summer. I'm doing a lot of traveling for baseball and trying to date this woman. There's a lot of things going on there in my life go. besides comedy. And, the, and people doing comedy. A, there's a great scene here. So they, for there was a while, I was the only one that comedy. It was me and Evan were the only two people. So now there's a lot of shows. So I don't have the, the kind of pressure to help the scene that much. Um, so, I, I'm getting booked quite a bit, though, myself. I, it's, it's kind of fun to not be a host. It's kind of fun to just focus on your act and not be first mm-hmm. every time. So, hosting's hard and producing's hard, um, and people don't realize. I mean, you're the boss, so people tend to hate you because you're the boss. And yep. if you don't book them, they really hate you. Yep. And there's a million things that go wrong with, with producing shows. Uh, so, I never recommend it for people. Just enjoy that. But it also is a great skill to have. Once you've done it, you really respect how hard it is. So and if you try to build an open mic, if you really work to help grow an open mic, you know how much work it is. And other people think, oh, I can do this. I can run this on themselves. And they can't. And, and, and it becomes terrible scenes and yeah. they come and go. And it's not just Tulsa. It's not just for Tulsa. For sure, for sure. Um, so it's, okay. we have a good, a good scene here. We have a lot of good players. We have some really funny people. But no one's making any money. Um, so at some point, maybe we can make the next step up. So,
1: I mean, if you look at... What, what do you th- think that would, would it take to get that step up when people start making money? What would...
0: Um, any so ideas? Just better shows. Um, so I went to a show last night at the Spotlight Theater, even, uh, even uh, Ethan Sandoval's last show before he goes to Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's hard. It's hard to even make money as a musician in this town. I mean, unless, you really, unless you're paying covers at a couple of places, you don't make money. It's just a hard business. If you look at the average income in Oklahoma, it's yeah. $45,000. The average Oklahoman, I bet there's three comedians who made $45,000 in Oklahoma or in Tulsa last year, in a year. So you're making less than the average person as comedy. Everyone, yeah. everyone's doing this. So you better have another gig. You better have some other idea. You can't just, oh, you call yourself a hobbyist. And let people look down on you. Oh, Or you can be a comedian and be poor.
1: Yeah, Or you can true. be a
0: comedian and, and have... Enough things to get there, and you can do both in life. I've never seen a comedy show that starts before 5 p.m. There's no excuse not to have a regular job before 5. Yeah. So yeah. I can do. I can be a full-time comedian. I can still get something done before 5 p.m. That's a good point. So, um, so you can do that.
1: Yeah. For a while there, I was I was doubling down on Amazon and uh, the Looney Bin on the weekends, and then just hitting the, the comedy as much as I can. Which uh, I like that. I like having a job because then I'm thinking about like, oh, I can't wait till tonight. Oh, I can't wait to go to this, this show tonight. Or I can't wait to go to this mic. And it kind of gets you through the day.
0: Well, know? I would think at Amazon, like here's my, one of my secrets in life. I have three mantras. Uh, keep doing things. Realize it takes time. And inspiration is everywhere. Those are my mm. three mantras in life. And I would think working at Amazon have great inspiration mm. because you're having props everywhere. You have work relationships to talk about in comedy. You Mm -hmm. have products to talk about. I mean, so I used to give grocery store tours, environmental tours, where I would take a crowd of people through the grocery store. I did a bunch of these. What? Yeah, what? Yeah, I do it. I mean, I was a tree hugger. Yeah. So I I would take 15 to 20 people through a grocery store, aisle by aisle. And I had props. I so would talk about packaging and sustainability and organic and how to read the codes. And I, I'm a really smart guy. And I, I was mm-hmm. the only person who could do that. So I, 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 there's videos of me. There's a couple of movies or films of me doing that job and those tours. But it was so much fun because every aisle were props. I mean, I'd see yeah. uh, the, I, the cookies. I talk about how cookies are overpackaged because half a cookie is like that's for the dog. And how we have to, you know, how a society we demand overpackaging. packaging. Uh-huh. And I'd said, "Oh, I love cookies. I always want to be a Chippendale dancer." It turns out I'm a Chips Ahoy dancer. So <laughs> yeah. I would be able to do a joke at every aisle. Soy milk—that's Spanish for "I am milk." You could every yeah. everywhere you went in the store, <laughs> yeah. you have a prop yeah. to talk about and make it funny, and then talk about the product.
1: So, so I would think, I, you, inspiration is everywhere. It is everywhere. It, it'll come from. It's crazy how that works. Actually, you'll, uh, like, you'll just. Be, like I, I was a dr- driver, right? Yeah. I'm struggling with this sentence right now, but um, uh, the guest, yeah, I'm the guest, so I can get leeway <laughs> on that. But uh, I was a driver, so when I would drive around, I would see all types of things. And it would it would drive me crazy to the point where I would have to pull over and just get in my notes and start typing the idea I had, and just blah, 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 blah so I don't have to keep on thinking about the same thing over and over and then move on to the next thing. I think they call that like a. Autism or ADHD or something. They call it I, something.
0: I have HDADD. <laughs> HDADD. You see high definition all the yeah. time? No, no. Um, it, it, we, there's something that's common in comics. Um, mental disorder is very common. for, And we all have that. And I think a lot of people have this. And they just don't realize it and mm-hmm. don't have it in comedy. And comedy is a therapy for a lot of people. I think one of the secrets in life that I've found is to find people who have the same disorders you have <laughs> or the complimentary ones yeah. you have and hang out with those people. Yeah. Because so, we all have these issues and stuff. Yeah. But, uh, no, inspiration comes to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so And sometimes inspiration comes from pain and suffering um, in life. Sometimes it comes from observation. And look for that. One of my tricks, uh, I write five jokes every day to me to no one else. Mm-hmm. I wake up in the morning and I think, what can I write a joke about today? Mm. It's Saturday. Oh, it's me. Oh, it's Memorial Day. Oh, it's whatever. It's pickle week. Who knows? Yeah. But I think about week. what I can make fun of. So I write five jokes and I share some of those on Facebook and I share some of those on stage. But what I do is I read them back to myself at the end of the night and laugh. I write them for me. It's a, it's a personal... Cool. Yeah, it's just an inner reflection and it forces me to write jokes and force me to write jokes mm-hmm. and think about that joke. And dang it, I only got four jokes. I got another joke today. What can I make fun of? Oh, something. So and then relatability, uh, other advice I have and now I'm only doing comedy. I've only done stand up for four years produced, but I produced 200 shows. I watched a lot of wow. comedy and I had a, a comedy podcast for years beforehand and I wrote a comedy newspaper column for years. And so I've had a, a lot of and I was a speaker. I mean, basically, I was a lobbyist and, and people didn't think you'd be funny. So it's great to be funny when and I love PowerPoints. I'm a good comic with a PowerPoint. So it's oh, so I, easy. I could imagine. Yeah, so easy. You could do jokes there and here and not comment each other. It's yeah. really fun. Um But in all these ways, you're just trying to express ideas, and you're just trying to find ways to do this Mm -hmm. and and stand out and have all these things matter going forward. So you have a great sense, and I think the local scene um, is glad to have you. You, You're the youngest comic and and probably the highest energy we have right now, so that's why people put you on shows. It's not that you're also not funny. It's that you are different than most of the comics. And there's a lot of comics who have basically the same kind of routines, and they don't really go anywhere with them and and so well, thank you for if that. you if you write the jokes mm-hmm. you can expand the jokes from there so and and I, like I said there's a way better comedians than me I'm part of a small gang of people
1: that um, have been doing it a little bit longer than the others but that's the only thing that have us different yeah so yeah this, this I feel like the scene's definitely booming I don't know um what do you think about it because I, I feel like there's a lot of new comics like yeah, within the first yeah. year or two and there.
0: Yeah, they, they like come a- out, it's cyclical, but it, this is a good year for comedy, and mm-hmm. it, they'll, some of them will burn out and go away pretty quickly. What does
1: cyclical mean?
0: Um, it cycles. Oh, so cycles. It's, it's like seasonal. It's, so it's a seasonal. So this 2023 is yes. a good reason for, oh, a bunch of people think that, oh, well, this is a fun idea. And, and, and comedy is that way as well. You'll see uh, TV shows will do some comedy sitcoms or more, I mean, comedy competitions kind of shows. Mm-hmm. Um, so. And they'll do those things, and more the movies will come up at stand-up. Right now, some of the highest-rated Netflix shows are stand-up comedy shows. Yep. So it's just a, it's a reflection. I don't know. Maybe it's COVID. Maybe it's the government. Maybe it's Russian hackers. But yeah. we all have a, some reason hackers. to rebel. And comedy is one of the last bastions of free speech. I mean, you think everything you say can be canceled. Oh, it's twice as much on stage. On the other hand, if you're a comedian... Maybe you can say what needs to be said. Yep. And, and comedy should
1: be honest. And But you should also read the room. For sure. So I, I, I do believe that um, you could say anything. I believe you could really say anything you want on stage so long as it is meant to be funny right. and it's crafted well. It's uh, not a good idea to go up there with a very, uh, what would be a polarizing topic and, it, and not right. have a thought out well enough yet. Because right. right. that's just, everybody's going to be on. They're like, well, um, if you go up there with a, a crazy opinion or a crazy idea that people are already turned off by, you just got to make it funny. But I think you can do it, though. It's hard to do that anywhere else, like in the workplace. You can't do it. I'll
0: tell you what. The hardest shows I do Uh are retirement center shows. If you want to work for those, for me, I do more of those. I never promote them because they're only in-house. And assisted living centers Mm -hmm. are asshole 88-year-old widows who are pissed off at their life. Mm. And they live there, and you're in their you're in, break, territory. you're in their area, yeah. and they are hard. But if you work there, yeah. oh my God, it's so every one of them stays around to shake your hand. It's oh, not like cool. a regular show, and they're all there for a show, and they don't talk. They're quiet. It's not like you're doing a bar show where people are there at the bar. Yeah. So it's so nice. There's theaters, her, they're theaters. They're nice.
1: Ninety-year-old playing pool and drinking Right. Right. Corona. So it's but
0: it's and and they just love it. They look so forward to it, mm-hmm. and they don't have anything to do in their life, and they never leave. One of the secrets I think in comedy is to find culture references with people, pop culture. So I don't watch the same movies you are. Yeah. I don't see the same things. These people don't have anything. They never go to Chipotle. They never yeah. shop. They never. They watch the same movies. They have nothing. You gotta think about what they used to think about. Huh. So I do. I do TV shows from the. I do a Beverly Hillbillies routine, and I do a Andy Maybear routine, and, and I have this great jokes about. I think about the Flintstones. I really like. Oh luck, my gosh! Yeah. Fred wore a tie. and I always wear ties. I mean, it's a long, stupid routine. Yeah. Um, but you do that. You talk about bicycles and chickens. You can't do any, You can't talk about a particular restaurant. So they're really hard. But they're so gratifying because these people have nothing. Every day they're bored stiff. They have yeah. nothing, and now suddenly you've made them giggle and laugh, and they. Every time you, when you really hit, the comedians really hit, and, and so. But you gotta do twenty minutes of very clean material that's no politics and nothing dangerous mm-hmm. um, to be booked on these shows. For but, sure, and there's there are very few comics, but we have some good comics I've booked. I bet, I um, bet. But they're but they're hard shows. So, yeah, the crowd's judgmental, and and especially
1: politics. They probably wouldn't like my Amish strip club jokes.
0: Um, they probably wouldn't. But there's probably a way you could talk about. You know, and the, you know, you can say things. You, you know, you just got to be. It's like the Looney pin, No f bombs. Yes. It, unless you're paid, um, and you're you're the headliner, do whatever you want. I mean, people are paying to see you. You can drop yeah. anything you want. But no, it's a corporate club, and clean comedy always pays more. Always pays more. So in the long run, if you can do that, if you can do cruise ships, you can make a lot of money in comedy. But the real Max. goal in comedy, I would say for you, the real goal in comedy is not to be the headliners because those guys, even those guys don't make much money. I mean, you're talking about a couple of grand a week for the headliner and he's got to pay a lot of travel expenses to get there. True. And, and he's not working. He's only working 30 weeks a year. So he's not making much money in the big picture. You know, you can make that kind of money in ways, a lot of other ways in life. Um, so, but the real goal is to get a TV show. That's what you want. So start taking acting lessons. Every comedian who ever got a job on a TV show is booked as a comedian the rest of their lives. Wow! So if you want so bo- to, if you want yeah. to headline the Lincoln Ben, you want to headline the Tulsa Comedy Club, the Bricktown, you say, and, "And this guy who is on that sitcom on NBC, one season is all it takes, uh-huh. and then boom, and you got booked forever." Are
1: they still doing sitcoms? Yeah, yeah, they got
0: them all times. They're, oh, really? Yeah, they're called politics, I think now. <laughs> yeah, but,
1: dude, it's called political debates, is what they call. Oh uh, yeah.
0: I know. <laughs> I lobby, I go to the legislature, I talk about trees and water mostly, what I do now. Um, I go in the spring, it's really over. What's the your session's favorite, over. favorite tree? Um, my <laughs> least favorite tree is the Christmas tree because it's dead. <laughs> yeah. So it's the only dead tree. People drag a dead tree in their living room well, and they try I'm to dead. water the dead tree. They never water the live trees. That's my <sighs> least favorite tree. Um, I'd say, how dare them. Uh, I was president of the trees for a long time. I was on their board for a long My family has pe- planted a tree for every birth and every death of my family. It's a wonderful way. Uh, trees trees are the exact opposite of us. The first stuff we breathe out, they breathe in, and they make oxygen back for us to breathe in. Yeah. They're the perfect antidote for human existence. And they provide beauty and places for birds. And there's a million things wonderful about trees. I recommend people plant. You can't plant this time of year. You got to wait till November. November to March in Oklahoma is when you plant trees. But... Plant trees for every reason you can. My favorite trees, um, I planted some Chinese pistache over by a Recycling Business downtown at 10th and Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. That I met about 10 years ago. They look beautiful right now. So I love those. But I think baby trees give us hope. As, as an old person, I do like young people. I know you hate us, but I know <laughs> no, I do. because I, I like you. baby trees because I know the hope I have and seeing them. I can see everything through your eyes. I've seen your life. I've been there. Uh, maybe not the exact same, but in a lot of ways. Um, so um, My favorite tree, I think, is the pine tree. Which ones? The- do you know? So there's all kinds. Here's the pine tree I would say you should like the best. <laughs> okay. Um, on the Broken Air Express, we live in downtown. There's a whole bunch of pine trees. They're all called loblolly pines. I've helped plant a whole bunch of them over the years. Mm-hmm. So loblolly pines never die in Oklahoma. They withstand the winds. They're big branches. They're not little branches like a Christmas tree. But they grow super tall, super straight, and they're very good pine to use if you need them as, as wood. So that's my, my nickname. That was
1: my nickname in high school: super tall, super straight. <laughs> really? No, <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> Guys, you could see—I think uh, this far end—you could see how I lost my podcast. Um, <laughs> I'm a salesman. Yeah, I was talked into it. He was like telling me uh, uh, I'd never Card, run hey, out. Cards
0: played themselves. Okay, <laughs> you're the one who fell for it. So. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that was I, all fun and games, but no, it wasn't. It was it was real business. It was a business meeting.
0: Well, why not talk business? I mean, and, and yeah. we're talking business, the comedy, but everything in life, you got to think about the bottom line. So, are you doing it? And, and not everything is currency. Mm-hmm. And your currency may not be cash. Your mm-hmm. currency may be self-respect or mm-hmm. or you know um, happiness. All these kind of things in life, friendships, all these things. There's a lot of things that you need to find in life to go forward and, and figure out what matters to you. Uh, but also, uh, you know, I. I I am old. You should not take too much advice from me just because I've been there before (laughs) because everything's changed. Yeah. So it's a whole new landscape. You you have no concept. Everything was so hard and now everything is much easier for you in so many ways. On the other hand, we had crazy opportunities you'll never have. I mean, the, the, our lives have not been sustainable. Um, so um, there's a reasons to hate my generation. Um, don't get me wrong. There's plenty of reasons for that and stuff. But you shouldn't hate for any reason. Mm. You should think, oh, what can I learn from this? I have this opportunity going forward.
1: Yeah, that's a good uh, point. How much Bob Ross did you watch as a kid? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. And no mistakes, just little birds. Yeah. yeah. So I like that. Yeah, I didn't like his hair very much. So, <laughs> but I do do art. I, I'm involved in the arts festival here. Uh-huh. Um, there's a lot of things I've done in my life that have been good and fun to play.
1: Yeah. Aren't you part of the Blue Whale? That's Episode, and the blue right? whales coming up, it yeah. Is. We, uh,
0: I, I'm just one of the of ten judges uh, they looked at the and then look at the lineups and stuff going forward. Um, if you don't know, Blue Whale Comedy Festival is so a Tulsa-based, the only Oklahoma-based comedy festival. Um, it's coming up at the end of July. We've been usually doing August, we're doing July this year. We got awesome. great headliners. You can get the tickets. So we're going to put on um, uh, there's a hundred local comics, and I uh-huh. bet sixty or seventy get to be on stages, and it's going to be a good festival. Really. So. Yeah, there's a lot of people get in. Um, It'll be fun. Um, There are A lot of people won't get mad and stuff, but I mean, it was fair judging from a lot of people going forward for shows, Um, but great headliners. Um, Kane's Ballroom, we sold 2,200 tickets last year. Oh my goodness. And uh, so we hope to do better this year. That's amazing. big shows, and we're really expanding, um, doing a bigger Thursday night for local shows for local homies too, so it's going to be fun.
1: It is going to be fun. This is my first time, um, I've lived in Oklahoma my whole life, but Tulsa not very long, and it's my first time um, getting to experience the Blue Whale, whether it be um, from the, the spectating and cheering on my buds and having yeah. a good time or on stage, either one. And I'm excited, man. This is a big deal, I feel like. Yeah,
0: we've had some great acts over the years. It's yeah. fun. Um, so I'm just one of the judges. I'm a small sponsor for my comedy company to help as well. And um, we're doing—it's going to be—Hunt Club's going to be a venue this year. Mm. Uh, we're going to do um, oh, that's cool. both stages. We're doing Lowdown. Uh, we're doing the Inner Circle Vodka Bar. So we have— it's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of people coming to town. And uh, be big for Tulsa. And the only comedy festival that's kind here, in fact, yeah. Kansas City is doing their, they did their first one last year. But outside of Texas, there were no comedy festivals for a few hundred miles. Wow. Um, so it's kind of, we had a lot of attraction, a lot of people coming in for it. Yeah. So, and I recommend comics, uh, get a good video and apply for festivals. And sometimes festivals will have you come in there and they say, we can't pay you, but we loved, we loved your video. And then make it a vacation in your life and go perform. So yeah. I once went to... Um, uh, Mount Zion National Park uh, for a comedy festival. Where's that at? Um, by Vegas, two by hours. Vegas? It's 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 in Utah, and it was so much fun. And mm-hmm. I paid to go. I mean, they they gave me a hotel room, and it cost me like seven hundred dollars to do it. So I lost money doing comedy. Whatever. Mm-hmm. It was a great vacation, and it was so much fun. I was in the national park. Wait, we about so to had enjoy a, yourself there. Yeah, we did a hike and mic. Oh so yeah. So me and and two other comedians took like seventy five people. We walked a mile, and then we did a show. And but the walking back and forth was so much fun. There was a that was a whole thirty minute shows each way, yeah. and everybody else got to participate in that show. So it was a fun idea. So comedy festivals are really fun to hang out with,
1: especially out of town comedians, and and make new relationships when you want to travel. Yeah, it was probably a long hike, considering how many trees that were available to hug. You know, <laughs> it's like you got to you got to greet all of them. They're you know they're all fellow members of our society. Um, Michael
0: Patton, welcome back to the Just Jokin' Podcast, yeah. my new podcast, when fair and square in a poker game. So Isaiah Blue lost it. He should. He had two good pairs. I had trips. So yeah. it was his own fault. I hustled the guy. So, But I brought him on the show back. Well, Isaiah's been on the show. He had a good time so far, I hope. Yeah, I've had a good time. What do you think about sitting over there? It's a terrible scene uh, in, compared to this throne I'm sitting I in. I know,
1: dude. Uh, I'm going through all the stages of grief right now. Um, I think I'm in the stage of uh, Denial. Uh well, what
0: what made you a good host? Give me some advice. What made you a really good host of this show? Um, admitting I was a bad
1: host. <laughs> I think. <laughs> no. no, um, I don't know. I uh I'm not very good at steering a conversation. Like um uh, I'm really bad at that. So maybe we'll be talking about a topic and then So you're a
0: bottom, you're telling me. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, you have someone has to do all the work, you just be there, take it. I'm yeah. just a pretty face. I'm a passenger princess, so I'm very happy to be here in the guest Your show's chair. been
0: real successful. Your stuff has been great, so yeah, don't downplay yourself. However,
1: <laughs> I found these <laughs> notes on this chair that you had to ask me questions
0: when it was your podcast. hmm Yeah. Are you going to
1: ask me these questions You now? could
0: do a lot better, okay? So maybe help... Folks, help him write questions for guests. So submit them to him so he can ask these stupid questions. And it could be fun, interactive. So he'll ask your question. So, well, I'm sorry. He won't ask your question. I'll ask your question. No, I won't. I have my own question. But I want to ask Isaiah's <laughs> questions. Okay. Um, what's your favorite letter of the alphabet? The, you want to <laughs> ask me that question? What's a good answer for that? I mean, I like symbols, not the alphabet. I mean, whatever. What's a good That's really? That's it? What's your favorite letter of the alphabet, Isaiah? Uh,
1: Let me think about this one. This is a tough question. You got 26 options. Um, You don't want to start off, you don't want to be at the beginning of the alphabet. That's too basic, generic. Um, I'm going to go G. Oh, G. Oh, G. How good. Yeah, how good so, of, how yeah. good this podcast is when I have those questions, huh? I,
0: I was. Used I'm to be, glad
1: we rebranded it completely. I used to
0: be called OG, but it was for Olive Garden, <laughs> not for any gangsta <laughs> stuff I did it in life. So yeah, G's a good number. It's part of bingo.
1: You're so. up breadsticks instead, you know? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. OG. I I'd probably say it either be YMC or A, just because there's a song with all of those. Yeah. A, so yeah. I have four. It's a, it's a top four. Oh, uh, that's fair No, there. Top,
1: you have to Mount Rushmore of alphabet letters right there. I like. I it. do know the Greek
0: alphabet, if mm. that matters. Which
1: I one's can, your favorite of that?
0: Um, See? Alpha beta gamma delta epsilon zeta eta theta iota kappa lambda mu nu sigma pi rho sigma tau upsilon phi chi psi omega. I'd probably say omicron. Omicron. So this sounds like say, a variant
1: of some sort of thing, <laughs> <laughs> or kappa. Yeah.
0: So kappa.
1: There's, That's there's,
0: also there's, there's a sorority called kappa kappa kappa. And there's no one called delta delta delta. So <laughs> dude, kappa
1: saying, kappa kappa. I've heard people rap about that. Yeah. You a dude, kappa sorority. kappa kappa.
0: Yeah. It's tri kappa. Everybody else has. <laughs> so <laughs> tri kappa. I'd love to try it, Okay, here's another question. Uh, Jimi Hendrix or Jimi Neutron? <laughs> Jimmy Crack Corn would be my answer. So. <laughs> Jimi Neutron's pretty fun, but Jimi Hendrix, I mean, I'm the age. Hendrix was pretty impressive. Yep. You, you listen to his way he woke up the Woodstock crowd, so he was pretty impressive.
1: That's, uh, I, that question was catered to you for sure. You look kind of <laughs> like Jimmy Neutron, but um, Hendrix, was you more your guy?
0: Yeah, yeah. Hendrix. How was the 80s? Um, if you know and remember it, you didn't have a good time. So. Right. So, they were awesome. Life was so good. I'm telling you, um, Here's it's hard, hard to say because you mm-hmm. guys didn't live through that. But there was a, um, a rebranding of America. We had lost all confidence. Nixon had resigned as president. Carter had failed even though he was a good guy. Um, we needed some. And so Reagan came in and was – Wearing tuxedos, he was an actor, and he believed in. We all believed in. The music became. Everything else became dressing up, having fun, living in the moment. Oh yeah, um, lots of stuff. The best part about the eighties for me, however, was probably the sex. So <laughs> I was young then. So now nobody wants to hear about old man sex, but young people. So, um, yeah, it was it was a magical time. So women had. In, in the 70s, mm-hmm. women got the rights to their bodies. Roe vs. Wade had just passed. I know it's been repealed. It sucks. Women should have the choice with their own body. But they, for the first time in America, in the world, women could decide what they wanted to do. And they were horny. They decided. <laughs> it was great. And then they vented the pill. And there wasn't AIDS. I mean, the 80s was early 80s. I mean, it was great. I love the scene here. I mean. Yeah, that sounds fun. Yeah. I mean, really if your grandma's from Tulsa, I fucked her. So, I mean, yes, <laughs> it was a great time. It was free love. Free love everywhere. Come on, Nana. So,
1: What's going on, Nana? Mm-hmm. So,
0: no, no, no. So I miss her. Tell her hi. So <laughs> to say that from there. Okay, back to your questions. Oh, they're good, dude. <sighs> oh my god, these are so silly. These are just. Mm. <laughs> Which lady do you like the best? <laughs> Which lady? I mean, I, I, probably that cartoon of Bugs Bunny is a woman. Probably so that. Oh rag, yeah, you know? dude. Are you kidding <laughs> no, I, me right no, I,
1: no, I now? Do. Are you kidding me, dude? Yeah, Lola Bunny, bro? Yeah. Hit me up, Lola. <laughs> Leave a comment down below, and I'll, I'll I'll bring you on the podcast, baby.
0: Well, I mean, there's lots of ladies I like, and women. Um, no girls. I, I like older women. Yeah. Um, so ladies. ladies I like best. I mean, hmm. Um, my favorite comedian woman was Lucille Ball. And if you want to go old school, look at her. some of her stuff. She was beautiful. She was a physical comic I mean, oh, yeah. she she could fall down and make everybody laugh. She could she could take a pie in the face and make everybody laugh. Anything she could do. She was so good. That's and awesome. she was so charming and perfect timing and perfect deadpan facing. So I loved her. So my favorite female comedian probably is her, and Lucille go. Ball. I know it's old school. It's old time. You don't even know who she is probably. I love no. Lucy and stuff from there. My favorite comedian overall, however, mm-hmm. this is part you never heard of, Maury Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. So... There was a show called The Dick Van Dyke Show. It's still on the black and white TV uh, cable shows, uh, free shows. The Dick Van Dyke Show was a show about comedy show. So three writers would write the bits for the weekly show for this supposed talent. So they'd write a comedy sketch bit and write jokes. He was one of the writers. He was a writer called Buddy Sorrell. But Maury Amsterdam was his famous comic from the 50s in the Catskills. You don't know these stories. The Catskills was where... Rich people took their summers. It's where they put Baby in the Corner in that movie. It was that scene, if you know that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Of, of So they, so these rich people, and he was a Jewish comic who did a routine every night of the week, all summer long, of all improv. And how he, wow. did, it was, how he did it was, it was called the Human Joke Machine. And there were 242 chairs in the room, in the, in the theater, all with numbers. And they drew a number out, and you got to yell one word. And you had to be cool about it. You couldn't yell holocaust. It had to be something, simple words. And if you did, he would do a routine about that. And he would do a 90-minute bit on People yelling words at him. Wow! Brilliant stuff. That is so. Brilliant. You can find his stuff. Some um, you can find something on the internet. You can find all vinyls that was probably and stuff.
1: Gaun- groundbreaking. For right.
0: The day. Right. He killed he people. People sold out every show. They wanted to be there. They had the chance. I got to yell a word out and uh-huh. had the great Murray Amsterdam. That's comedy. That is that's comedy. brilliant. So that is. And, and and I'm sure he had a duck joke. That was a good chicken joke. I'm sure he had some ways to do it with the things and stuff. Mm-hmm. But they were brilliant routines. So that's comedy when you can make make anyone else part of the show. And make them laugh and make everybody else laugh because you were on the spot spontaneous. That's brilliant stuff. I love that going forward.
1: Wow. So. The fact, I'll be honest, man, I'm having more faith in my hosting ability because the fact that that story came out of you from which is your favorite lady <laughs> just absolutely <laughs> nice. Re- nice. rejuvenates everything for me.
0: Okay. Crab or pork loin for lunch?
1: Dude, okay. I'll be honest with okay, you, man. Okay, write this question again. <laughs> um I shouldn't have written that question down. Um, I'll be real with you. Uh, That was poor from me. Uh, (laughs) That's five hours of sleep talking right there. I don't even eat crab or pork loin, so I don't know what I'm even talking about. So, yeah.
0: You are what you eat. I eat a lot of nuts. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. So my body is not a... A Temple, it's a Taco Bell. So I have a terrible diet, a terrible diet. So don't ask me for diet advice. So uh, was I born with a suit on? Uh, No, but I tried to wear one. I tried to wear one all the time. I hope I'm impressed you're dressing, dude. I mean, dress to impress. It really is. People think because I dress up, I wear ties because no one else wears them. But I wear them because I like them. It's like a tattoo I can change every day. I have a little bit of color, little things, a little flash. And people think I'm so important. I'm not. I live in an apartment. I work for a nonprofit. I'm not rich. People think I'm rich. Yeah. Homeless people don't ask me for money. They ask me, are you an attorney? So like, it's a damn tie. Can you get so, me a job? Right. Women like it. Men like it. I get, I get better tables. get better respect. People think, oh my gosh, look at this person. He must be important. He's wearing a tie. No, the really rich don't wear ties. Yeah. The really rich guys wear sweatpants and Rolexes and Crocs. Yeah. So the really rich guys, those are the how they dress. That's so facts. no, the guy in the tie is some middle manager in life, but no one wears them. <laughs> That's why I do. Do so you, you have any tattoos? I have one tattoo. One tattoo. on so my left shoulder. I'm wearing a coat. I won't show you now. So, um, my tattoo is a bit I used to do. I used to do this bit about um, how the old men joined gangs. So, and and so how do you do this? I mean, you know, is there like a sorority rush or a Facebook event I sign up for? (laughs) I wear blue every day. I go in the wrong neighborhoods. I'm supposed to wear red that day. (laughs) How do you do this? I do environmental work. I I should be gang green. So it's this long, (laughs) stupid routine about old men should be in gangs. I mean, I can rent a getaway car. I'm useful for the gang. I, I can buy bulk spray paint at Costco for graffiti. I'm useful for the gang. So this long bit I used to do about all these stupid things. And how do I prove to them I'm worthy? I should get a tattoo. And the bit started out with a teardrop tattoo because mm-hmm. I would kill someone. I drive in these streets. I pissed off all the time in traffic, road rage. I <laughs> drive
1: in these streets. Yeah, so
0: yeah, I can see that. But I thought, no, I can't get a face tattoo. There's no way in the world that I can sell it at my age. So I thought my first tattoo. So the bit evolved into this reason to get a tattoo. And I got a tattoo two years ago, the first of covid So I figured, do something stupid. I'm probably going to die. Do something stupid. So I got my first tattoo. It's under my left shoulder. It's about five inches. It's pretty big. So my tattoo was the reason I get up in the mornings. Your first tattoo should be the most important. It should be really the reason you get up, the thing you think about the second you wake up. So, my tattoo is a plate of biscuits and gravy on my shoulder over here. So, it's a great tattoo. I love it. No one knew about it. I kept it secret for a long time. My mom found out at Christmas time. <laughs> oh she was
1: like, God. Really, Michael? That's your tattoo? It didn't say mom? No. So, biscuits and gravy. Yeah,
0: it's my favorite breakfast. I have it every day. You really
1: serve that up. You're like, The reason you get up in the morning, my purpose, <laughs> my passion, the thing that gets me out of bed, these biscuits and gravy. So, yeah. That's I awesome. Know. I, I expected it to be like a tree for real. I mean, yeah, I, like I thought a tree about that. Would be good.
0: I thought about like a like, like planet Earth. Because mm-hmm. when, when I'm lost in space, I could point to it. <laughs> hey, yeah. I, I'm from here. <laughs> you know, and that could work and stuff. So I thought about different bits I could make into bits. I could get more tattoos. This was, was for me. I wanted to do it. So it was a couple of years ago. I was an old man. It was during COVID. Why not? Do something stupid. Uh, it's it would be cool life. if
1: you had so many tattoos they were just peeking out of the suit, like you were just tatted yeah, up, yeah, and there were all yeah. types of trees, planets, animals. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's possible. You and get the, I, oh, you could get the recycling thing. Those three yes. arrows that point. Actually, I had a,
0: I did a bunch of recycling things, um, and I, I had a bunch of uh-huh. recyclable symbols out of leaves, and out of catfish, and different things. Yeah. I did, and I thought about some of those because some of those are. I wrote a book on composting once, and the cover is this really cool thing. And I thought, oh yeah, so. Cool I like, I like you could say "mom"
1: too. It could be "M" recycle symbol and then "M." You get yeah, mom, and upside down mom. be "wow." So yeah, I, <laughs> either way, multi-purpose. Guess. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I could do that. Now, I, I probably I hate needles. Um, this was hard to do. I was glad I was wearing a mask during COVID because you couldn't see how upset I was. I, I, how <laughs> how <laughs> desserts, you know. So I just don't like it. So That's I probably fair. would do it again. <laughs> That's so,
1: fair. And you tattoos? How many do you have? I have no tattoos yet. Yeah, I'll probably get some eventually. I just I haven't really – I have really had interest in it at all. I mean, my mom has – she's tatted all over her yeah, body, and yeah. a lot of her tattoos have good meaning, and that's pretty cool. I like the idea of having body art, but I just don't have – I don't know what I'd put on my body yet. Uh, how about blue couch? Yeah, <laughs> I can really <laughs> dive in and put on my forehead.
0: You know, nah, nah. I could be a
1: billboard while I'm on stage. Come to the Blue Cap Studios, everybody.
0: Yeah, um, I' not a good billboard. <laughs> Sorry, I wouldn't do it. It was it, do it for yourself. Do it yeah. somewhere they know people don't ever see it on me. I, I wear short sleeve shirts in the summer. People, I show it
1: sometimes. Uh, I'd but. probably get like I'd probably get like. A, I want to wait until I've worked out so my body fills out because I'm a skinny guy. You know, yeah. I'd hate to get a tattoo, like, on my bicep, and then I work out, and uh, my vision of you getting a bigger arm and then it just, like, stretches, this, like, tattoo of, like, a zebra or whatever it may be. I'm thinking about an animal. I'd get animals fighting or something. Yeah. That'd be cool, like a like a dragon fighting, like a great white shark or something, you know? I know
0: a guy who's a fisherman. He got a picture of his fishing boat um, when he was young. Oh, that's cool. And uh, now he's old. It's like a battleship now. It's like so bad. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's like, a really, dude? So the
1: wrong he needs way. to just put a bottle around it now, just get a tattoo of yeah. a bottle. <laughs> yeah. That'd be cool.
0: Well, I mean, tattoos are expressions, and, and, and people should express themselves in, in many mm-hmm. ways. But also, I, the thing I respect about tattoos is that they're, um, for most people, they're strong decisions. They meant something. They, yeah. they're all You friends all got on the same day together, little initials that mean something, you know, someone who's been important in their life or some yeah. event or something. So, But they're a chance for you to stand out. They really are, I mean, permanent, but you, you're individual. So the people who have a lot of them have something to say, and they're willing to say it through art. And I, I respect that. I respect you know art is a conversation, mm-hmm. and asking people about their tattoos, which was your first, and which is your favorite, things like that. It's, they they're proud of them, so you should you should embrace people who have tattoos.
1: Yeah, I met a guy at Amazon. Uh, he was my trainer, and he had these tattoos all over his legs and only on his legs. And I asked him what they were, and each tattoo stood for a marathon or a race that he had cool, completed. Very nice, yeah. and he had a bunch. It was awesome, and they all had the symbol of like the um, where it was and, like, the name of the place, and that was that was a really cool meaning. I like the idea of getting a tattoo if I would, like, to travel to a place. Yeah. Like Let's say I go to, you know, Los Angeles one time, and I get, like, a little L.A. tat or yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah. I go to Miami. Document I,
0: your life. Remember that idea. There's memories of yeah. those things. That's why memories. people do them with their friends. You know, all three girls get the same tattoo, kind of matching it, mm-hmm. because they remember the times they were together. So
1: I would like to point out that we got on this fantastic conversation based for on your question. From my question for your about question. if you wore a suit as a child. Yeah.
0: So, so, I think we should do. I think you should get a, a <laughs> small face tattoo of oh. every girlfriend. So, on your oh back. Oh, no. So then when you're like my age, you'd have like a whole yearbook.
1: Yeah. <laughs> dude, <your> they, <laughs> so, all no, their signatures. At, yeah, I remember her. Oh, she was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> <So, laughs> that would be fantastic, yeah. dude. I couldn't do it on the face, but <laughs> on the back. Yeah, that's a good idea, yeah. man. Yeah, you're back of your lies. <laughs> yeah, dating diary on your back. <laughs> I love that. Their signatures are like um, a famous quote they always said. Or do you that? have
0: a famous quote? Do you think in particular you like? Uh, me, oh, it's a great question.
1: Um, write that down, producer. I want to use that <laughs> next episode. Um, Here's some quotes I, like. I don't. I yes, use please. I use this one
0: on stage often. It's, it's part of the. I hate to promote liquor. I mean, a lot of people have problems with liquor, and a lot of people don't want to drink and shouldn't drink, and yes. things. And, and and it's expensive. So, but if you're working for the bar and they're paying you to promote a comedy show, you got to promote liquor, some. So I found different ways to talk about that. And one of my favorite quotes is a uh, the famous philosopher Homer uh, Simpson said um, <laughs> to alcohol: the cause and solution to all life's problems. <laughs> so it's a nice stupid way to start a show and going forward. Yeah. So That's I awesome. have a bunch.
1: I, uh, I think my my fav- my um, quote that I it's not really that famous but uh, as Drake once said YOLO <laughs> YOLO yeah <laughs> you only live once I mean that's it's more it's more powerful than the song made it out to be like it really is you only live once so do everything well, that some- you want.
0: I, I was involved in Mayfest again this year, um, mm-hmm. and I do a Winston Churchill quote because we got rained out. I had, to, I had to cancel the Guthrie Green stage Saturday night. I had to tell all these people, go home. Oh, no. It's lightning. I, I was the MC for the whole three days of uh, the Guthrie Green stage. And uh, I used this quote. I said, um, I'm sorry. Winston Churchill once said, no matter what kind of life you have led, the attendance at your funeral is based on the weather. So <laughs> no matter how big plans you have, be careful with that. Uh, I have some other I like quotes I really point. like. Um, yeah. One I've, I've decided to embrace by doing comedy is to be hang out with crazy people. Um, so you are who you hang with, and I think I am. But <laughs> Balter's <laughs> are Gracian, Balter, great G-R-A-C-I-A-N. He was a Jesuit philosopher from the 1600s. Um, he said, better mad with the world than wise alone. And I love that quote. I love wow. the idea. Find people who are fun and mad and, and mad, not mad and angry in terms yes. of mad crazy. And, and and way more fun to hang out with crazy people. Um, so is. I really like that quote going forward. And I have one political quote. I mean, I politics here, but um, Hubert Humphrey ran for president, and he was right when TV cameras came into homes, and he was this ugly guy, so no one voted for him. But he was a great senator, mm-hmm. and uh, he said, uh, the role of government is to take care of those in the dawn of life, the young, those in the dusk of life, the elderly, and those in the shadows of life, the disadvantaged. Wow. And I love that quote because everybody else can take care of themselves. So, yeah. you know, stay out of my business. Let me help those people and get out of the way. And I really love the idea. So I have a lot of quotes that's, I like. That's a good quote. Yeah. That's so really find some quote. things. Find some philosophers. And and actually, you could do comedy that way. I used to do bits where I would uh, – or i try to write, and you just Google jokes about something. But do the same thing, quotes about something, and find some inspirational quotes Quotes about trees, jokes about trees, and look at both of those and then write your jokes. You have some sense of the funny sense where you can go with and then make it your own joke and then make it something better than just simply a, a quick pun. So, so I do that a lot of times for writing. Yeah. Jokes about and quotes about. Just Google those phrases about any topic, any prop in your life, anything you see. Oh, okay, let me do some research. Let me figure out how I can do this. Can I make a bit about this? I'm going forward. So, and the other, I I shouldn't give all the advice because I'm not that seasoned comedian, but one thing has worked for me is they have a lot of 90-second bits. So I try to write a joke and try to see how far I can take that joke. Is it a 30-second joke or can I make a 90-second with a story Mm -hmm. to be the joke? Mm -hmm. And I try to write jokes backwards. I try to do punchline, setup, premise. premise. If you really have a great punchline, you can come backwards and make the joke easier there. But with 90-second bits then you can do anything. You can do a five-minute routine quickly. Yeah. You can shave a little bit or just stretch out three. Um, you can do 20 minutes. So if you have 30 or 40 90-second bits, then you can do anything you want, as long as you go through 90 seconds. So when you go to the open mics, you should just practice a 90-second bit, stop, do another bit. Don't try to tie it together there. Practice 90-second bits. Have those in your pocket that you always know you can do, and have those named on your sheet list, and then boom.
1: Well, I like that. That's, a, that's actually very important, I think, especially um, if you have a... If you have a um a five-minute set or, you know, whatever it may be, and you don't know exactly the length of the jokes in the set, you just know it all together is five, that's important because if you get to a situation where something's not working, you could switch. Like, okay, I'm uh, about to get my light. I got 90 seconds left. Let me do this 90-second joke. Right. I think that's very important.
0: Yeah, just, and then you can read the room. Yeah. So I, I have a 90-second bit about cowboy hats, and if the room has a bunch of cowboy hats, i like to do that joke mm-hmm. and stuff. So you can kind of read the room and play with them um, going forward and seeing what you'd play. So, and and... Another advice I give, and, and again, I'm more of a critic than I am a comic um, yeah. in some cases, have a good last joke. I'm so disappointed how many comics are on showcases and they're like, how much time I got left? Okay, let me look through my phone and find one more joke to tell. No. Make your last joke a good joke. Yeah. Make your first joke or last joke most important. Jokes have one in hand. I'm going to end with this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to end with this joke, exactly. whatever it is. And don't mess around. So that's really important, I think, doing.
1: Yeah, I think your ending joke should be probably your better joke, your best joke. And your, the beginning joke should be like the second best joke you've got. The one you start yeah. with. Because once you get that laugh, you're off and rolling. Right. 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 and you can just get into anything. It's like you, you get them on your side, you get that laugh, they're, now they're buckled in, they're like, okay, this guy's good, let's see what he wants to yeah, talk Yeah, and about. if you
0: don't have a really good opening line to do crowd work or the other comic, don't do one. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people try to do, oh, their first joke is some joke they just thought of as they are walking on stage because of the other comics, and they try to do that joke, and they've never practiced it before, but they think it's hilariously funny, and it bombs more often than not. Yeah. So get up there, do your bit. Don't try to, don't if you're not comfortable, you got so much time and stuff, do your bit. Don't try to be, oh, and let's give it for the host and then tell some host story you just thought of yeah. or tell some oh the other comic mentioned he mentioned he's divorced i am too and then, oh, oh you know so they never almost
1: never work so one do thing, your bit go one forward. thing i did when i was hosting wednesday um first off the first few comics i was just getting up there introducing the next comic you yeah. know telling to make some noise but then i started getting more comfortable i was like okay i'm gonna do this a lot longer let me spice up a little bit so i would do like a tail joke off of like one of but you only got like punches. 20 seconds with oh yeah yeah, so, not, I'm
0: not going into I, there, a bit. It's like a quick. Yeah. There's there's, snap. there's one host here in town who tries to do 30 minutes between comics. No, no, no. And no. Uh, so it never works. And it just kills the whole show and kills the other comics. For sure. Yeah. So I, 20 seconds. 20 seconds. Yeah. And say something about that last one. So if you do a whole bunch of weed jokes as a comic and I'm the host, then I'll do one simple weed joke, you know.
1: Yeah. They're not, and, the um, things I did weren't, they weren't even written jokes I had. I was just like riffing yeah. off of something they said, you know, like for example, Uh, I don't know if I said this or not, but some guy was talking about clowns. And I went up there, and he said, like, uh, he has a fear of clowns, and he beat a clown up or something. I was like, yeah, it's true, guys. I was the clown, you know, or something like that. And then done. You're just done. And uh, one guy went up there, and he roasted me. Uh, first thing he said was, um, oh, glad to see a 15-year-old Larry Bird is here hosting. Nice. You know, nice. and he it was good. It was hilarious. Yeah. And then I went up there, and I was like, yeah, I actually met Michael for the first time today. I shook his hand, and seven vapes fell out of his pocket. <laughs> and they are like, ah! You know, I was like, yeah. he's a great guy, though, and then move on.
0: Yeah, you can do it right. I did one last month in Oklahoma City where the comic before me was a woman who talked about she goes to strip bars and takes quarters because she's broke. <laughs> and she goes, "How you know, she makes it hail, not make it rain. It was her, her <laughs> joke makes and stuff. Hail. That's awesome. And uh, so when I got up there, my first joke was, I Thanked her for all those all that change I needed for parking meters last night. <laughs> yeah, stuff, see. You know? so you found some way to make it a little bit, but you get like a teeny bit, and try not to do that very often. Yeah, uh, having the clothes is uh, I think uh, for there. But there's a there's a bunch of things you can do wrong, and and and, and not uh, running the light. It uh, doesn't help. Um, yeah. you, and, and having too many comics on a show hurts the headliner. Yeah. So there's there's called fatigue in shows. So you can only really have four or five. Any more than that, you begin to, okay, then the, the headliner doesn't get the due respect they deserve because people are tired. And sometimes they leave early, and the headliner goes oh, we've been too long. So yeah, if you sense. go to the comedy, if you look at the Looney Bin and the Brick Towns and stuff, almost every comedy show I've been at, Funny Bones, Janie's, they're an hour and 19 minutes long, almost perfect. Every show should be that. That's the exact span. Hour nineteen. Hour nineteen minutes. So try to make that an hour nineteen work. So if the if the headliner needs fifty minutes, you got twenty nine between the host and the and the feature. So make that work. Whatever and let the headliner pick first and what they want to do. Interesting. Okay. Uh, other advice as a host is um, if the headliner if you're there all week um, help them out by setting them up for jokes. If they have a bunch of relationship jokes, you do a joke about who here is married, and you know how many people are single. Then you do a single joke mm-hmm. and stuff. That helps the comic have some sense, you know. And if they really are trying to do, it, don't step on their jokes, no. but find some ways that kind of led the audience. So give them some sense of oh yeah, so you know address the bachelorette party, so he knows it exists. Those kind of things help as a host quite a bit.
1: Uh, I have an interesting question, I guess. Have you ever had any headliners, like, ask you, like, to not talk about certain things that oh, yeah. they are not going to talk about? Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, much. yeah. yeah. And, and
1: I end up hosting the Looney Band for the hard comics because mm-hmm. Allie
0: knows I can do clean and I can also be very political and very, so she knows. So I, I host about every three months there, and I host for the comics who are known to be kind of jerks to the host or, and all these kind of things. So, yeah, oh, 100%. And, so, and you can't, I mean, if they're doing dirty, you shouldn't do dirty in general. I mean, you know, Saturday night's different, you know, a little bit, but um, yeah. there's a lot of things. And the, 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 one last thing before we finish uh, all of these talk about the shows and hosting. Um, who's responsible dealing with hecklers? It's the comic? Yes. It's the crowd? Yes. It's the security? Yes. It's the host? Yes. All those things have some role there and stuff, and mm-hmm. you may have to step in and do things. But when you deal with hecklers, they're trying to not only... Par- spectate but participate. They think they're as funny or they want to say something or they just, they're just they just loud and want to just be loud to yeah. you back and stuff. And, and uh, So it's hard. Don't ever try to attack them by who they are. Don't want to say, oh, you old person, you fat person or anything else. Don't ever do that. Instead, find some way to a- attack them in some very subtle way. My favorite way to deal with headquarters, I'm going to do it a few times, well, 10 times in all my shows, is to say, I'm sorry, I don't speak Jameson. It's a stupid joke about yeah. them being drunk, whether they're drunk or not. But it, so then you deflect it. So and, and yeah, if you have to insult up. someone, you don't insult <coughs> anything more than you know. The Larry Bird joke's like a good joke for you because it's, it's relative a little bit. You know who he was. It's a funny sense. A tall white guy. There's very few of them to make fun of. Yeah. And, and so, but I like to attack their wardrobe some and wardrobe, make fun of them. Sure. I told, uh, I did Jared Ralphie Allen's podcast, and I, I said that he looks like a guy who sells lizards for a living and stuff. <laughs> so, you know, so you find a way that you make fun of their look, and that's way easier. And it was more simple to <laughs> do does. that. So, I don't but I don't want to be a roast comic. I, I want to be nice to people. Yeah. I, you know, I, 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 being, I don't have a, a bucket list of shit I want to do anymore and stuff. I have a bucket list of shit I don't do. <laughs> yeah. um, so, I don't drink Tito's goddamn vodka from Austin. <laughs> Drink vodka from third world countries who are depressed. That's what you want vodka from. But one thing I don't do is I don't be mean to people. I try not to be, until they force the hand, why be mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so good point. And, uh, you, Even through comedy, why be mean? So, you know, I want them to say all the good things. To end so, on,
1: why be yeah. mean? You don't got to be mean. You can be funny without being mean. Sure. Hey, I look
0: forward to your comedy. See you a lot. So, hey, uh, the Fresh Faces show, June 3rd, is a really great show this time. So I could use a lot of the crowd there. We usually, last time we had twice the fire marshal capacity. So this show wow. usually does fill up. So come early. It's a great restaurant as well. Same but venue? It's really great. Same venue. Deco yeah. Lounge, 6th great in food. Boston, 607 South Boston. It's 8 o'clock Saturday night, June 3rd. Uh, the best thing about it is, is that these, these shows are the comics who are really working it. So when you were on my show, it wasn't I picked it. It was because you got recommended by hosts of open mics. Mm-hmm. So I asked all the scene. I go to all the sh- mics. And I look around, and I have the host tell me who's working, who's here 10 times, who's getting better. Yeah, That's what we on the show. This show is not people who have done comedy once. So this is true to people who are really busting their ass to be part of the scene. And so this is kind of an intro to the scene show. That's awesome. And I really love it. And like I said, there's probably 70 or 80 or 100 comics over the years that this is kind of how they th- – they felt like a professional comic because they did this show. Yeah. yeah. So I really like that. So come out, and support local comedy, and support these local comedians and follow them on social media. Um, that really matters. That's so big. having views, follow this podcast, tell your friends about this podcast. Views matter. They help for everything, especially sponsorships. So share it all. We can share this. So
1: uh, we've had great opportunities. Let's share the opportunities mm-hmm. uh, and share that spotlight. Well, that's it, man. That's it, Michael. Thank you for. Um for allowing me to be the guest on your first episode of your new podcast, um, I appreciate you being so kind after whooping my butt in some poker. I'm gonna have to get some revenge. I probably um, we probably go head to head on those horse races, huh? I brought some dice in my pocket.
0: Did you? So, yeah.
1: Roll <laughs> how, them. Are we,
0: how good you at craps? So, what <laughs> else don't... you got to bet? So, thank <laughs> Just, you for having me. It was yeah, great.
1: Of course, appreciate you, bro. Appreciate you. Thanks. Bye. Thanks. Bye. End the phone call. Hang up on them. Yeah.